Before you're standing, let's pray. May God's word be spoken, may God's word be heard, and may God's word be lived. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome again to St. Paul's Blur Street on this beautiful Easter day. Whether you're joining us in person or online, happy Easter. The Russian government, they want Vladimir Zelensky dead. This is not only now a personal vendetta for uh, Putin, but it's also good geopolitical strategy. Because if they kill him, it's much more likely that resistance to Russian occupation will dissipate. Because dead men stay dead. Even heroic leaders like Zelensky. Bodily resurrection from the dead is as inconceivable now as it was for the first followers of Jesus from Nazareth. Yet because there was a rumor 2,000 years ago that a dead man was alive, two people started running that first Easter morning. Have you ever noticed how we run both to good news and to bad? If you sit in an airport arrivals lounge long enough, remember those places, you will see a couple happily running towards each other. There's been a bad accident on the field trip. Someone texts to the mothers out for coffee. Everyone jumps up and starts running towards the school. As we just heard Key read, there was a great deal of running on that first Easter morning. Mary Magdalene saw the empty tomb and she started running. And on her sprint back into town, she meets Peter and another disciple whom we're told that Jesus loved. And they then race each other to the tomb to see what's going on. What did they think they were running towards? Mary interpreted the empty tomb as further tragedy. Now they've even stolen the body. We run because of good news and bad, because we want to know and we want to know quickly. Is this news for us? Whether you're curious, critical, or committed, there is news for everyone this Easter morning. Dismiss the resurrection, and Karl Marx was right to accuse Christians of ignoring the problems of the world. Dismiss it, and Freud was right to say that Christian faith is simply wish fulfillment. Dismiss the resurrection, and Nietzsche was absolutely right that Christianity is just for wimps. Mary the skeptic and the beloved disciple who believed. They're going to help us see how the resurrection of Jesus opens up some amazing opportunities for our lives. There's news for everyone today. Easter runner number one, Mary the skeptic. She tells Peter and the beloved disciple about the strangely empty tomb, and she then runs back to the garden where in the early morning light, she sees two angels, and they ask her, woman, why are you weeping? And Mary's response to these angels, it's stunningly dull. If we encountered angels, once the shock had worn off, we would flood them with questions. But she's got tunnel vision. Who has taken the body? Because Mary was not expecting Jesus to have risen from the dead. In the decades before and after the life of Jesus, there were 
dozens of messianic movements in ancient Israel. And in almost every case, the messianic leader was killed and the movements invariably collapsed. Everybody went home because the leader was dead and dead men stay dead. Only one messianic movement did not collapse after the death of the leader. It exploded. And in the course of 300 years, it spread throughout the known world. But it was still a shock to those first disciples. The Greeks, well, they didn't believe in resurrection. And the Jews didn't believe in the concept of an individual rising from the dead. Celsus, who was a second century Roman philosopher, he was highly antagonistic towards Christianity. And one of his arguments went like this. This is an actual quote. We must examine this question, whether anyone who ever really died rose again with the same body, Jesus Christ. But who saw this? A hysterical female, as you say, and perhaps some other one of those who were deluded. Uh, Josephus was also a Jewish historian, and he also shared the widely held view that women uh, were unreliable witnesses in a court of law. So if those first gospel writers were wanting uh, to make up a story and pull off the longest and greatest running con in all of human history, having women as the first witnesses was the most idiotic way to go about it. But Mary's not yet a witness. She starts off a skeptic. She expects to see a dead body, and finding none, she accounts for it logically. Resurrection's not an option. She's standing in the garden of a rich man's estate, so she turns, and when she sees the risen Jesus, uh, it's natural for her to assume he's the hired help. Oh, good, I'll ask the gardener. You know, those uh, angels over there, they have not been really helpful. Have you seen the body? Where's my Lord? Where have you taken his body? Do you have questions? Are you willing to ask the questions even if they're not answered in the way you expect, like Mary? You may be thinking, listen, I'm here for the music, understandable, uh, and family tradition. I'd love to believe in this Jenny, but I'm a skeptic. That's fine. But let's be serious skeptics, and let's ask questions of our skepticism. If we're going to be truly open-minded in this marvelously diverse city, then examine the evidence for the risen Jesus and what it might mean for your life. We value questions and intellectual inquiry here at St. Paul's. Sign up for our online Alpha course. It's on Wednesday nights. It starts this coming week. Easter runner number two, the believing beloved disciple. Mary ran towards Easter asking questions, but the beloved disciple runs towards Easter a different way. Unlike Mary, he believes without seeing. He doesn't fully understand what he's seeing, we're told that, but he believes. He doesn't hear the voice of Jesus calling him by name, he doesn't even get angels. All he does is come and peer into that dark, empty tomb, and he believes. No shroud of Turin, no CCTV footage, no breathless witnesses, just cold rock, folded up grave clothes and a morning breeze. The very first believer 
in the resurrection of Jesus, the first to believe that hope and love always wins, the first to believe in the triumph of God over evil, sin, and death, came there by the same path that each of us is taking this morning, by not seeing the physically resurrected Jesus Christ. And those who experience Easter as good news, they believe because they trusted the experiences of those first witnesses. Tim Mackey is a professor and an animator in the United States, and he writes this. All of us have faith. Faith is always a transfer of trust. It's not the beginning of trust. All of us, we all have faith. In fact, we often have incredible faith. The question is, what's it in? Having faith, even the tiniest shred in the risen Jesus, is simply taking our faith off of whatever we've been putting it on before, maybe it's your career, your family, politics, and transferring it to the Jesus who's alive. And we're often intensely attached to a whole range of ideas. Um, for example, to our belief that left to our own devices, we're uh, competent to run our own lives, or that we're actually really in control of things, against all observable evidence, mind you. Faith in the resurrected Jesus is always a transfer of trust. It's not the beginning of trust. Both Mary the skeptic and the believing disciple, they ran towards what they eventually experienced as incredibly good news. What news is there for us? Well, listen to these opportunities. Number one, shared truth, it's possible. Many intelligent, sincere people uh, no longer believe that truth is possible. Everything is relative. Jesus said, I am the truth. Not I know the truth, but I am the truth. And this is the day on which it all hinges. I will be raised, said Jesus. And the bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead authenticates that he is who he says he is. And at last, there is a reference point for all inquiry and seeking in the world. Fake news and the polarization of communities with no shared story across social and racial divide, it does not need to be inevitable. Number two, lasting love is possible. If disease can damage a relationship and if death can break it, then permanent love is not possible. All love comes with an expiry date. And that's the most tragic thing in the world, if love has an end. And what's so thrilling on Easter Day is that we see Mary's relationship with Jesus being renewed and restored beyond death. It's one of our deepest longings to be reunited again with those whom we love. Human relationships, they got started and then they got broken in a primeval garden. And the promise of their healing and restoration, it's given to us in an Easter garden, from garden to garden. Isn't that wonderful? Because of Easter, 
It's worth pouring yourself into your friendships, investing in your marriage, sacrificing for your children, because permanent love, it can exist. There is a life to come for those who seek it. Number three, healthy relationships, healthy ones, they are possible. If the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that relationships, they're what make up life. Uh, it's relationships that change lives, not abstract principles. And if we transfer our trust to Jesus, then he enters into a relationship with us and he calls us by name. Mary does not say, wow, I've grasped some new idea or concept. It's changing my dating, my parenting, my conference calls. No, she doesn't say that. Because she meets, she touches, she talks to the risen Jesus. And it's this relationship with him that can fuel us for healthy relationships with others. It's what can give us the strength to forgive, to reconcile, to sacrifice. People matter. No one can be discarded. No one in this city left behind. Number four, hope is possible. Many secular people, of course, not believing in the resurrection of Jesus, they care deeply, for example, about the refugee crisis unfolding across our globe. They, they care deeply about climate change and reconciliation with indigenous peoples without realizing that their own worldview, that the world happened by accident and will eventually be incinerated in the death of the sun, well, that actually undermines any motivation to make the world a better place. We should want the resurrection to be true because it enables hope. Why sacrifice for the needs of others if in the end it's all just going to come crashing down? Just eat, drink, be merry. But if the resurrection of Jesus happened, then there is infinite hope and reason to pour ourselves out for the needs of our neighbors and the world. And if Jesus really was raised on the third day, then ultimately, we know that God has the power and the will to put everything right. Evil has an expiry date. Suffering is finite. Death has no ultimate power. And we all deep down, we want the world to be like this. And if the resurrection of Jesus really happened, then all these things are going to be true for us. Hope on tap, hope unlimited. Here at St. Paul's, we unabashedly proclaim to you that there is good news. Jesus Christ was crucified. He suffered. He died. He went to hell and back. And on the third day, God in his great power raised him from the dead so that love truth, relationships, and hope are possible for the skeptic and for the believer. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Thanks be to God. Amen.